podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm here with my spooky co-host, Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with my cadaverous co-host, Peter. <laughs> nice. I also yeah. said that I am here, but I'm not here. You're here. We're not spirit, here. Because <laughs> it's the spooky uh, spirit time. Spectral. 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 Top, topical, we'll see in a minute. Yes. And you're joining us for our Tragedy Tuesday, the first in our Halloween episodes, our month of despair. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a big echo on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Tragedy Tuesday uh, hosted by me. And before we get to that, I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping like I always do. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. We recommend you start at the beginning to just get the full big picture. You're not going to miss inside jokes. We don't do that kind of thing. But the, a lot of times we'll like call back to previous episodes and be like, hey, remember in episode this one? And you'll be like, no. Yeah. And then the conversation will just die. And that's so <laughs> awkward. Who doesn't want to be knowledgeable? I do. <laughs> so yeah, if, uh, that's what we recommend doing to anybody who's new to this podcast. And then if you listen to all those episodes and you like what you heard, the best thing you can do to help us out, if you want to do that, is to tell a friend to listen. The next best thing you can do is to subscribe and leave a rating or review wherever you want. If you want to keep up with what we're doing on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can get everything in one convenient place on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. We also have a Patreon dot com slash this disaster pod where you can get tons of bonus content like micro disasters every two weeks live streams of major disasters like right now when we're recording sometimes people hop on and watch on our discord you can join our discord check that out you also get discounts on merch such as the shirts that are currently on pre-order until october 16th if you go to shop.thisdisasterpod.com you can place Calls it a back order, but essentially it's a pre-order. We're making them to order. So you go, you back order your shirt, you place the order, then we're making them all just for you. And then uh, we ship them out and you'll get them by Christmas. So Ooh. check that out too. Yeah. Uh, also, we're organizing a watch party for a horror movie on our Discord on October 16th. So I think, I think we've collected all of the suggestions for horror movies. And I'm going to set up like a tournament bracket. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll post a link to that and I'll pin it in our Discord. So you go there, everybody's going to vote. And then uh, it'll go through like finals and semifinals and finals. And then we'll get to the last two. We'll pick our movie and then we'll watch it on the 16th. Yeah. In the evening. So, so keep an eye out for that. That's right. Uh, and I think that's pretty much all I had to say. So I'm just going to get right into it. Take it away, Peter. Are you ready to get into it? I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready, willing, and able. The Wopanak word muswachasut probably sounds familiar. In the same way, French colonists totally nailed Chicago when naming Chicago in episode 30 about the Great Chicago Fire. Yeah. So settlers planted a flag, took their best shot at saying Muswa Chasut, and thus Massachusetts, Massachusetts was born. Yeah. I got it at the last second. The first English settlers arrived at Plymouth in 1620. And these were the pilgrims, settlers that held Puritan beliefs, but believed that they should be separate from the English state church. Uh -huh. So they decided to leave England and form a settlement in the New World. Hmm. So they gathered investors uh, that funded their voyage, which I imagine was kind of easy to do because you go up to anybody in Europe being like, sorry, you want to take all of your super um, like straight-laced ultra-religious reliefs that you're trying to push on everyone and like go away with them? GTFO with it? How much do you need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably loosen some purse strings. Right. <laughs> so Plymouth would be the second successful English settlement in the New World after Jamestown, Virginia, founded in 1607. Right. 
About 10 years after the Pilgrims established Plymouth, the real party poopers showed up. And those were the Puritans. Just doing a little bit of background. We'll get to Mm. So their plan was to come to Massachusetts to escape the harassment they were subject to in England because of their beliefs and establish a new idyllic religious community. Oh, sounds great. Like, yeah. So so like, believe what you want. Uh, my, my general philosophy is whatever. Believe whatever religious belief you want. Um, but for me, when I pictured transporting myself to various time points throughout history, the idea of spending a single day in a Puritan religious community is probably my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, not that I'm particularly, like I'm not a, I'm not hedonistic or anything, but it's just seems exhausting. I think in their eyes, you probably would be. That's probably true. (laughs) As would I, two of the (laughs) most boring people in the world. (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, Those buckle hats would have a lot to say about (laughs) your uh, wants and whims. Oh, God. (laughs) So just three years before the Puritans showed up, Roger Cunnant, Cunnant, what? I should, I should really enunciate that. Roger <laughs> Conant. Ah, uh, Conant. Yeah. He's a real Con- Conant, that one. Conant. Conant. That reminds me of Austin Powers. <laughs> a lot of Fachina. Yeah. Very nice to meet you, Miss Fachina. <laughs> yeah. Really hits that F. Hit it. Anyway. So Roger Conant led yes. a group of fishermen to found a new colony within the borders of Massachusetts. Hmm. He was eventually replaced as leader of this colony by the Massachusetts Bay Company. And to commemorate the peaceful transition of power, and it actually was a fairly peaceful transition of power, the Hmm. name of the colony was changed to the Greek form of the Hebrew word shalom, meaning peace. And Hmm. thus, Salem was born. Salem. That's how Salem got its name. And that's how we got to Salem. So I'm going to do a quick sidebar about umancy. Does that ring a bell? That's a word that doesn't exist. It's well, yeah. It makes me think of. Do you ever watch Archer? Uh no. There's one sequence where it's just like he's a, like a. You probably know that he's like a ridiculous take on a spy, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> they're like trying to. They're communicating over this like radio that keeps breaking up in static, uh-huh. and they're trying to like dictate this code, and they'll they're like, A is an apple, <laughs> M as in whatever, but it always breaks up. So it's like yeah. as in C. <laughs> so he like assumes that it's he assumes it's N as in Nancy but he's right. like no later on he's like it was M M as in Mancy <laughs> anyway so Umancy so Umancy is a practice that originated with the ancient Druids in Scotland and the Druids mm. were like a religious legal and social experts they kind of did it all they were like judges and priests and everything yeah and they wore robes with hoods indeed they did <laughs> and they walked around hitting themselves in the head with those boards like in the holy grail <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh there's two holy grail references so that was yeah. the first one <laughs> yeah. so the name comes from the greek words un meaning egg and mantea meaning divination so it's the practice of divining the future using eggs <laughs> oh that old trick yeah yeah you know as you do saturday night just crack an egg see if you can see the future <laughs> yep read the yolks probably after you've gotten high <laughs> um, sure. So basically what you would do, you'd, you'd crack the egg and observe the shape. Uh, and you'd usually do this in what's known as a Venus glass, which is a special kind of glass that you use for divining using eggs. Sure. And it was used by the ancient Romans, Greeks, and Druids in divining the fate, generally, like more, most often, in divining the fate of mothers' unborn children. Mm. So at the most basic, you'd crack an egg and see two yolks and you'd get, you know, you'd know that you'd have twins. 
And if you uh, cracked an egg and you saw a little bit of blood, you know that there might be complications in the birth. Mm. So that, that kind of thing. Umancy could also be used to ward off curses uh, and used for like nefarious purposes, such as the evil eye. Malocchio, as it's known in, in Italian, the evil oh. eye. Do you know how the Italians ward it off? Uh, they wear it. Uh, there's other options too. There's okay. like a hand, there's a hand signal that I'll get to in a oh, second. Oh yeah, it's, I know what it is. Yeah, you know. That guy. <laughs> yeah, devil horns. <laughs> devil horns. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. So uh, the evil eye is the belief that someone can be cursed by a wicked stare when they're unaware. So the history of the evil eye goes back about as far back as Umancy does. Shows okay. up in like... Basically, forever, we've had accounts of the evil eye. Sure. Uh, and some cultures take it very seriously, have conjured, uh, and like you said, have conjured talismans and rituals to ward off the evil eye, such as the devil horns. Yeah. The Italian, 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, a ritual using umancy to ward off the evil eye, where you basically pass an egg over the body of someone that you suspect has received the evil eye and then you place it under the bed or near their bed while they sleep then the next day it's cracked and divined whether the person is actually afflicted by the evil eye wow so also all this talk of the evil eye do you know the song evil eye by fu manchu not specifically no it's on the tony hawk soundtrack and i'm like still hard (laughs) into tony hawk one and two Uh, of course yeah it's real good (laughs) so you might be saying umancy who cares I say that every day. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) In the winter of 1691, a group of girls in Salem, Massachusetts, nailed it, were gathered around a Venus glass, Ah. cracking eggs, trying to divine their future husbands. Sure. Saturday night. Yeah, basically what you do. Well, this comes back to like living in a puritanical society. And you got to entertain yourself somehow. You've only got the books that you brought with you from Europe and you can mm-hmm. only read a book so many times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were trying to predict the future in a that must have been, you know, behind closed doors. That couldn't have been seen as okay. It was. It was behind closed doors. Yeah. It was behind yes. closed doors. It was not great. Like it was it was very it was very hush hush. Right, right, right. So they're gathered around cracking eggs trying to divine their future husbands. Abraham or Tomlinson. i kind of bungled the second name there go on (laughs) and as the story goes at one point one of the girls grabbed an egg cracked it into the glass and saw the shape of a coffin what and she freaked out along with all of the other girls (laughs) they all saw it (laughs) they basically they all lost their minds right right. like tis a coffin tis exactly imagine imagine like the kind of yeah like like 14-year-old girls freaking out at a Ouija board at a sleepover kind of thing. Yeah, right. Except this is happening in <laughs> 17th century puritanical. Yeah, yeah. Salem. This hasn't been pre-saged by any form yeah. of entertainment or... <laughs> no. No, <laughs> this is... Real. They think this is happening. They think yeah, this yeah, is yeah, legit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so freaked out right now. None of that. <laughs> so that was in around December 1691. In January 1692, not long after this Umancy incident, two of the girls, Betty Paris and Abigail Williams, started acting strangely, Uh-oh. complaining of pains, invisible spirits pricking them, and succumbing to fits of screaming. Ugh. So Reverend Diodat Lawson, names again, Diodat, that's not a name you hear anymore. That's like a Star Wars name. Yeah. yeah. Diodat and... Oh, what's Kit Fisto? Kit Fisto. <laughs> Real deep, dark reference from the prequels, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Reverend Diodat Lawson, who returned to the village after catching wind of these suspicious activities, wrote an account of Abigail's behavior. Quote, hmm. On the 19th day of March last, I went to Salem Village. In the beginning of the evening, I went to give Mr. Samuel Paris a visit. When I was there, his kinswoman, Abigail Williams, about 12 years of age, had a grievous fit. She was at first hurried with violence to and fro in the room, sometimes making as if she would fly, stretching up her arms as she could and crying, wish, 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 several times. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, well, okay. look, they, they didn't have better onomatopoeias yet, okay? No. This is like, they're still working on it. Everything's unprecedented. Yeah. Exactly. Who might have judge? <laughs> After that, she ran to the fire and began to throw firebrands about the house and run against the back as if she were to run up the chimney. Uh, and as they said, she had attempted to go into the fire in other fits. So Abigail's kind of losing her mind here. Yeah, she's having issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As if she were possessed, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought, yeah. So at this point, there'd been rumblings of strange goings on for nearly 50 years in the new world. Women aligning themselves with the Dark Lord, doing unnatural things. There was even word of a woman who was hanged for it in 1647. Oh, dear. Fearing that these strange dark forces had come to Salem, the population was eager to discover the source of Abigail's possession and stomp it out. Mm -hmm. So following lengthy questioning of the girls that were involved in this oomancy ritual, the girls finally revealed the names of their tormentors. Sarah Osborne, Tichuba, who was a slave in the colony, uh -huh. and Sarah Good. The two Sarahs. Okay. Yeah. The two Sarahs and Tichuba. One was a slave? Uh, Tichuba was uh, a slave to one okay. of the, I think to one of the reverends in the colony. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> Salem in 1692 was rife with conflict, as you can imagine any kind of new colony might be. I'm sure. Thinking back to episode. I think back episode, to uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. Uh, episode 15, The Lost that, Colony of Roanoke. Check that yeah, out. Yeah, they had their fair share of conflict. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out settling the new world, not as smooth as you think it might be. No. <laughs> so here we had people squabbling over property lines where their livestock grazed and pretty much anything and everything else. Mm. And Sarah Good and her husband, that Sarah Good was one of the people accused, weren't right. immune to this either. In fact, they had several disagreements with the other residents in town, making them quite unpopular. Mm. It's probably unsurprising that after denying the accusations of wrongdoing, when Tichuba eventually turned on the other girls and admitted they had indeed aligned themselves with the devil in tormenting Abigail and the other girls, oh, everyone had their pitchforks figuratively and maybe at this point in history literally at <laughs> the ready yeah yeah rare and a go yeah <laughs> sarah good was thrown in a boston jail cell in march of 1692 was finally yep. indicted on june 28th on multiple charges of quote certain detestable arts called witchcraft and sorceries wickedly and feloniously hath used practiced and exercised at and within the township of salem <laughs> right metal <laughs> that's a lyric i'm sure that's already a lyric that's a, a lyric somewhere. in someone's song yeah yeah word for word so sarah was maybe the first person to be formally accused of witchcraft in the mm. new world the accusations against her were for tormenting among others Anne putnam and the name Anne putnam would show up frequently over the course of what would later become known as the salem witch trials because she was the daughter of thomas putnam a wealthy landowner and grudge holder in salem uh, <laughs> and a grudge holder 
Well, because Ann Putnam would go on to name over 60 other women as her quote-unquote tormentors. Damn. And like, I don't know about you, but you want to place bets on whether her father had a bone to pick with any or all of those 60 <laughs> women's families. I'm going to get to all of yous. Yeah. Don't you worry. It's like when you get like your causing trouble in class, like, well, yeah. you can't punish us all. Like, oh yeah, I can and I, I will. I'm yeah. that petty. Yeah. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> so over the next two years, 25 people would be killed following accusations of witchcraft. And about, and about 80% of those would be women. <laughs> So when it came to actually finding out who was a witch, uh, the sale witch trials didn't have your traditional riddles about relative weights of witches and other things that float in water. Okay, that's good. Or accusations about being turned into a newt. Right, 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 right. Um, Something a little more substantial, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I, let's see how substantial. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, in fact, determining whether someone was a witch was based mainly on spectral evidence. Oh, witch cakes, and the touch mm. test. I like the sound of that second one. I'll have some. Uh, no? Can I hold you to that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on so hold. Let's, let's start with, well, no, you already said it, so you're going to be eating it. So, anyway. so spec, let's start with spectral evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a type of evidence from apparitions and dreams. Okay. And it's still used in courts to this day, you can imagine. <laughs> It is not used in court. No. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> so the vast majority of evidence brought during the trials was spectral evidence. It was the testimony of afflicted girls claiming that their tormentors came to them in their visions, mm. which is kind of, there's a theme That's, in these tests. Okay. That's a hard one to substantiate. Yeah. yeah. And also to disprove, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and it's actually, but it's actually kind of interesting that the legal argument around spectral evidence was kind of interesting for, for the time. Like now it's obviously bullshit, yeah. but basically opponents of allowing spectral evidence argued that you didn't need to give the devil permission to use your appearance when he's tormenting someone. So oh. like, it's not, it's not evidence of anything because the devil can just use your likeness when he's summoning apparitions. He just does whatever so, he wants. Yeah. So it's not devil. your fault. He just does yeah. what he wants, but he people, anything. People in favor of using spectral evidence said that the devil needed your permission to use your appearance. So any testimony of you appearing in a vision was evidence that you were in league with Satan. <laughs> Which is another like, if you believe that, then you're kind of screwed. Because if someone says that they saw a vision of you, then you must be in league with the devil. Right. Kind of a catch-22. It's like... It is. Well, do you believe in God? Yes. Yep. Of course. <laughs> well, then you must believe in the devil. I guess you're right so mm. you believe that satan needs your permission <laughs> no yeah. i don't believe that then you don't believe in god <laughs> and we'll kill you for a different reason you're are you a judge in 1692 salem <laughs> maybe <laughs> um so as bullshit as that approach is unfortunately the accused in salem or unfortunately to the accused in the salem witch trials the court was a fan of the second view. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. So it turns out the devil needs your permission. And if you, if you showed up in someone's vision, it's because you gave him permission. Well, I mean, the devil is many things, but he's a man of honor or a <laughs> being of honor. Also, we had another metal reference there. Uh, venom in league oh, with Satan. That's right. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Probably. I think Look, so. any combinations of league 
and <laughs> Satan and dark and Chances witch. Are. Yeah. All yeah. of these. <laughs> like that band League Satan, Dark Witch. Oh yeah, I remember them. They're the best. And if PS, if that doesn't exist, we're starting a black metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's our black metal band, Pen Penning. <sighs> uh, oh. Next up were the witch cakes. Oh yeah. And this is nope. somehow the most ridiculous because <laughs> I don't, I, I did a little bit of research and I still don't understand how they how they work. So okay. people looking for the witches that bewitched the original three girls made a rye cake with the urine of the children <laughs> and then fed it to a dog. What the shit are you talking about? <laughs> so here's the, that's pretty much all there is to it. There's, I couldn't find like an indication of next steps. <laughs> that to me is evidence of which, like, no, you're a witch. How'd you come up with, you are a witch. <laughs> Piss cake fed to a dog, poor dog. Son of a bitch. <laughs> wow. The, wow. The, so indignant. No, you're a witch. No, you are. You're the witch. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'm out of here. You are. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. Flips the flimsy Salem table as he leaves. <laughs> I'm out of here. And flips whatever passed for the bird back but, then. But yeah, like, yeah, like there's no indication of next step. Like, does the dog find the girls? Does yeah. the dog tell you who the girls are? Do you then have to burn the dog at the stake for being a witch dog? Like, what... What what's your what's your end it game? Then it takes a poop, and then if the poop is shaped in a coffin, <laughs> which oh poomancy, <laughs> poomancy, that's right, <laughs> bingo. I think someone just really wanted to make a pea cake, and this was like their excuse, <laughs> I guess. Watch me but feed this to a dog. Look, dude, you are. I have up. been, I have been in the new world for like five years. I have read the same book. Yeah. 18 times. I have nothing else going on. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> All right. Let me have this. I think at the root of it, that was probably the source of a lot of all of this. But anyway. <laughs> when you got nothing but time. Yeah. I mean, idle hands. You know what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, proof uh -huh. of Satan. Um, so, and, and finally, there was the touch test. Oh. Uh, so with this test, if someone, if someone touched a victim <clears throat> while the victim was having a fit... And then uh, the fit stopped. The person that touched the victim was a witch. <laughs> um, I just picture right? these, the victim, well, Anna, yeah. Anna Putman. Yeah. Constantly looking to her father like, yeah. now, now do I know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So in, in his book, A Modest Inquiry into the Nature of Witchcraft, published in 1696. <laughs> old book titles are... A, riot. a modest. Don't need modest. Just say nature of witchcraft. Yeah, I don't know. You don't need to gussy it up. We'll decide if it's modest, okay? Yeah. We'll decide. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> Leave that up to us. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you do say so yourself. Mm. Um, so anyway, Reverend John Hale, who wrote it, justified the test. Th uh, thus. Mm. I'll say thus. He we'll justified the test thus. Mm. The witch, by the cast of her eye, sends forth a malefic venom, with an E, venom, venom, into the bewitched to cast him into a fit. And therefore the touch of the hand doth by sympathy cause that venom to return into the body of the witch again. Oh, cool. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's like an on-off switch. So 
as like we mentioned, the common theme of all of these techniques of detecting witches was that it was entirely in the accuser's hands. <laughs> yeah. There's no level of ob- objectivity here anywhere. No, nobody's impartial. No. Like maybe the observer, but the observer is just watching what the victim is telling him. Basically, these tests are just a big dog and pony show. Like you could just boil it. Is she a witch? Yeah. Yeah. She's a witch. Yeah. So to be fair, like those, those were all kind of, so I think when it comes to like the really horrific witch based stuff that came earlier in Europe, and I feel like we're going to loop around back to that at some point. Okay. Um, but I wanted to give you at least one death. When it comes to like this whole trial aspect, I would appreciate one death. I, I, I could tell you were itching for a death. Yeah, come on. <laughs> so I'm going to do a mini sidebar about Giles Corey. All right. So pretty much everyone entered a plea one way or the other when they were accused of being a witch, mm-hmm. except Giles Corey. Huh. So he frustrated the court by refusing to plead guilty or innocent and chose not to enter a plea as protest against the bullshit he saw in court, <laughs> which based on what we just heard fair enough i can understand why also mm-hmm. a man was accused of being a witch yeah it was oh. mostly women but there was there's a man or two yeah. i think it was 80 percent of the people ex- uh ultimately executed were women okay yeah they were still referred to as a witch not a warlock i oh, guess i don't know so if they got D&D. it didn't get that nerdy yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so the court said bullshit mm. you want to see some bullshit <laughs> And they laid him down, put a door on him, and then piled heavier and heavier rocks on the door for two full days until Corey was eventually crushed to death. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there a reason or they just... They just, he didn't enter a plea and they were frustrated by that. So, <laughs> so they thought and they thought and they thought, what can we do? What's the most creative way? <laughs> And uh, yeah, so if basically if you needed a barometer for what passed as justice in 1692 Salem, uh, piling rocks on you until you confessed <laughs> or died. So, <laughs> oh, it was torture. Yeah, I, I didn't realize he had the option to say okay. Oh, like after like a right. half a day, like all right. <laughs> <laughs> God, this so- doesn't hurt yet, but it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> love i love that that's how we would say it too yeah right just like frustrated right, already fine fine <laughs> guilty jesus god get off my ass sex <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to sarah good <clears throat> right after spending nearly six months in jail sarah good finally got her day in bullshit court <laughs> Not only was there no evidence of her crimes presented, Mm. one of the girls that accused her was caught in a flat out lie. Uh So apparently one of the girls accusing Sarah said that she had, that Sarah had attacked her with a knife and broken off the tip trying to stab her. And she even pulled the tip of the knife out of a rip in her dress saying, see, (laughs) this, see this, check it out. This is from that stabbing thing that she did to me. But at that moment, someone in the gallery stood up and said that they had broken that very same knife the day before and thrown it out along with the tip. Mm. So it was clear that the girl had found the broken tip, put it in her dress, and used it to make up the whole story. Sarah. Because, uh... Another girl. Well, but, I mean, I guess there was just one broken knife in all of Salem. That's the thing. (laughs) But... (laughs) That's my knife! Oh, denied. (laughs) 
there's there's a lot of bullshit on both sides, and I I just want to say the legal profession has come a long way in 400 years. It seems <laughs> so. so. <laughs> if, if I feel like what passed as a legal argument at this time was yelling the loudest, mm-hmm, probably, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, even though that also carries the day nowadays. Sometimes you would never too, see anything like that today. No, where certainly yelling not. the loudest and interrupting the most wins the argument. No, definitely not on We've television. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the court warned the girl, but her testimony was ultimately allowed and accepted. <laughs> so essentially the court We're was warning like, you not to lie <laughs> again. Okay, continue. Yeah, basically the court was like, hey, <laughs> that is all. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, on no evidence except for the frantic screaming of her accusers, Sarah Good was convicted of witchcraft and mm. was the first in a too long line of young women and some men to come after her. Okay. Thankfully, the court had the mercy of delaying her execution until after the birth of her child. By the way, she was pregnant. Oh, okay. But the child died shortly after because it turns out that a 17th century Salem prison is no place to have a baby. You're kidding. That's that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Thanks. So I guess they tried. Bullshit court tried to be like, at least we'll let you have your child die in your arms. Yeah. <laughs> at least we'll let you have your baby, which will have absolutely no hope of living beyond mm-hmm. a few days, weeks, if you're lucky. So when it comes to Tragedy Tuesday punchlines, this one I think is about as good as it gets. Okay. So clearly the Salem witch trials were ridiculous and just a front for people airing their dirty laundry in a painfully puritanical society. Sure. We can, you can farce. We'll call them a farce. Mm -hmm. We'll call it a farce. Let's call it a farce. Good opportunity to use the word farce. Good, good use of farce, by the way. Thank you. On July 19th, 1692, Sarah Good was brought to Proctor's Ledge, the site where she and four other girls would be hung. Mm -hmm. Sarah climbed atop the platform and the noose was placed around her neck. As a final act... Reverend Nicholas Noyes, who accompanied the execution party, called Sarah a witch and implored her to confess before it was too late. (laughs) Sarah replied, you are a liar. I am no more a witch than you are a wizard. And if you take away my life, God will give you blood to drink. (laughs) That is badass. Badass. Good final words. Those are good. Unfortunately, as the sun set on Proctor's ledge, Sarah Good's lifeless corpse swung from the end of a rope and eventually would be thrown into an unmarked grave on unconsecrated ground. Yeah. Because you can't bury a witch in a graveyard along oh. with everyone else. Right. Anne Putnam, the girl who pointed all the fingers and was so concerned with who her husband would be that she resorted to Umancy, mm-hmm. never married and died alone. Mm-hmm. And then in 1717, 25 years after Sarah's words, uh, Reverend Noyes began to cough, started oh. to sputter, and suffering from internal hemorrhaging, died choking on his own blood. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> she was a witch! <laughs> well, it's a long con. <laughs> I don't want to say that, and obviously this is 400 years ago, so we don't know who actually said what and what actually happened, but <laughs> the records that we have are that Sarah's final act was to say these words and then 25 years later for them to come true. Yeah. So was witchcraft the airing of dirty laundry (laughs) or what you be the judge. You tell me. So there was a little bit more that I want to say about 
there's some background about like what actually might have caused all of this to happen, but I think I'm going to save that for a Patreon micro disaster. Okay. So patrons keep an ear out for that because there's some theories some, about uh, what actually spawned all this, but that's the story of the witchcraft trial of Sarah Good oh. and the witchcraft trials in general. You know, that's always been uh, something I would like to, when I had a spare minute, yeah, search on Wikipedia and just yep. find out what went down with those Salem witch trials. I mean, we've yeah. all heard of the Salem witch trials. So, uh, mm -hmm. so you, there uh, is, there you go. Like I said, there's a lot more to it. And I feel like we might even revisit the Salem witch trials because Sarah Goods isn't the only story and they're all kind of messed up. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it is, it is interesting. And the other reason, like, I know that this is like we have this overarching approach to the show to not focus on or to not cover things that are born out of malice. Right. But I kind of, I don't really consider this malice as such. It's, it's, I think it's a disaster because of like the constellation of facts that leads people to this kind of mania that yeah. we've talked about before. Yeah. It's, it's like not the, a rogue person carrying out these yeah. acts. It's the, the zeitgeist of the time. It's, you know. Yeah. And that's something that I didn't really spend too much time talking about, but that idea of like these whole witch trials and like the accusations and like whipping up a whole community into this like fever pitch of suspecting, you know, being suspicious of everyone and everyone's a witch and yeah. pointing fingers and all these yeah. trials. And that's something that sounds ridiculous in the context of witchcraft 400 years ago, but that's essentially happened since we started living together as a society. Yes. And even now, like... You know, well, I mean, the McCarthy witch trials, right? Yep. And um, the uh, satanic panic. Satanic panic. Like, it's about. long and storied history of pointing people and accusing them of being something. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's happening uh, as we speak with all this, yeah. uh, with these uh, QAnon clowns. Yeah, pretty yep. much nonstop. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to end. It just morphs. And you know, if you want to, if you want to see a great movie with that as the backdrop, watch. I mean, you got to watch The Witch. I didn't even mention it, but yes, The Witch. Oh God, it's so good. I, uh, I when I was doing the research for this, just to get in the mood, I was listening to The Witch soundtrack. Nice. Um, and then, like, well, to be fair, yesterday at like midnight, after I'd forgot to turn the lights on, I like <sighs> finished the research, turned my computer off, and then I'm like. This is a dark walk to the bedroom. Yeah. It's probably gonna <laughs> and I think take like 20 seconds my, feels like an eternity. And I, th I think I think Gary, my, my wife had just like gotten up to go to the bathroom at that point too. So I like get to our I get to our bathroom or I get to our bedroom door and she's like standing in the doorway and I'm like nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Cannot process. <laughs> nope. Oh god. Uh, so for music, <laughs> yes, for music, I, uh, well, first of all, we just talked about it. So I'd recommend the entire witch soundtrack. That's ah, not okay. my choice, but like, that's a great, that's an amazing soundtrack. Nice. Uh, and an amazing movie. Indeed. And I think that's in our bracket too. So if you want to watch that with us in our watch party, Ooh. vote for the witch. Yeah. Um, so the band that I went with, do you know a band called a evangelist, a evangelist, a even, no, I don't. They're like an American avant-garde black metal death metal band from Illinois. Ooh. Uh, so, and the album is, and th usually I do these, it's kind of like what I'm listening to. It's not really related. This is kind of related. The album's right. Enthrall to the Void of Bliss from 2015. <gasps> and the song is Arcanae Manifestia. Mm. 
And it's uh, honestly, I picked it because black metal and we were just talking about witches <laughs> <laughs> need you say more no uh it's an awesome like honestly i don't even know what to say it's awesome black metal that all that avant-garde bent to it is interesting because it's not just like blast beat for three minutes straight right. uh, you know it, it has those elements but there's a lot of like atmosphere building and uh yeah. it's kind of the album that i've chosen to usher me into october <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds uh, uh seasonal yeah, yeah. Uh, really, I don't know what to say. It's it's awesome black metal slash death metal. So so check it out. Cool. Arcani Manifestia by Evangelist. Check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah. Sweet. So uh, thanks for tuning in. That was my Tragedy Tuesday about witches, the Good first one. in our October of despair. Yeah. Uh, if you liked what you heard, the best thing you can do is to tell a friend to listen. Don't accuse them of being a witch first. Accuse them of whatever you want. <laughs> Just know that it might not go anywhere nowadays, mm. or it might. You never know. Anyway, don't don't accuse them of witchcraft, but do <laughs> tell them to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, the next do's best and thing, don'ts from us. Do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. <laughs> or do it. Or you know what? Accuse them of being witches. I'm not your boss. Yeah. You know, do what you want. Live your life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next best thing you can do is to subscribe and to leave a rating or review wherever you listen. I think Apple Podcast is still the best place, but it's up to you. If you want to keep up with what we're doing on social media at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, our website is www.thisdisasterpod.com. And we have a patreon.com slash this disaster pod where you can get uh, tons of bonus content like micro disasters every two weeks. Like I mentioned, there's going to be one coming up about uh, maybe the causes of the Salem witch trials. Yeah. And uh, specifically the hysteria of the girls that led to it. You can also get discounts on merch. So you get a discount code if you're a patron. And uh, speaking of merch, we have our shirt pre-order going until October 16th. So go to shop.thisdisasterpod.corn. Corn. We don't sell corn shirts yet. We don't. Not yet. They're coming. Well, it's on the list now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, go there. Back order a shirt. It says back order, but it's a pre-order because we're making them to order. So back order yourself a shirt. We'll make it mail it to you you'll get it by christmas everyone's gonna be super happy because now you get to wear our amazing disaster crown on your body oh so so that's pretty much all i had to say today and thanks for joining us and we'll see you in our next disaster i got something to say you got something to say that's my corn corn shirt (laughs) nice you should have slapped some bass while doing that too All right. All right. Well, we'll see you in our next disaster. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.